0: Recorded live. Off-Road Live! The Baja 1000 King of Baja... Pre-running special, part two. 4th 2016 the pre-running special part two the king of baja 1000 you're here with your humble host monster mike and the baja crew live from the desert tower studios from the big bad desert let's listen now to one of the pistoleros in this baja 1000 rob mccachron
1: Drive. And in the past, that's happened before. We've had some four-wheel drive trucks be built, um, and really none of them showed that they were dominant. Um, you know, they, they, the Herbst brothers had a, a, a trophy truck that was four-wheel drive, and they they won some races with it. But I think, you know, today the competition is so stiff and so tight compared to then. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people that get in the trophy truck class, you know, they they want to they be successful. They want to still have fun. They don't want to, you know, go through a whole lot of research and development trying to get something to work, and I think it's a gamble, but we are seeing um, people trying. You know, they're they're looking out of the box, um, and, and with Geyser's building that new four-wheel drive trophy truck, you know, they, they, they're out of the box a little bit. Um, they, they have a proven package with their two-wheel drive trophy trucks, and they just added four-wheel drive into it. Um, the first race, they you just know, finished um, the race, which is, you know, that's quite a feat in itself uh, with a brand-new truck, so... You know, the, the sequential trainees, the four-wheel drive, you know, probably building – you know, I think people are starting to think about building lighter trophy trucks. Um, so a lot of this stuff has kind of been done before, and, uh, you know, we keep coming back to the same thing, and it's it's the, the tried-and-true, reliable type of a truck. And I, I don't know, you know, until people come in here with really unlimited budgets and they're willing to go out there, spend a ton of money – not only on the race truck being built, but also doing the, the the testing and everything it's going to take to make it reliable. I kind of think, you know, we're, we're it's going to be a little while. You know, I think until something shows that it's that it's proven itself that it's going to be reliable, it's going to take that until other people start doing it. I, I, I think it's all about, you know, obviously people want to win, they want to win championships, and there's people that want to have fun, and it's definitely not, not any fun sitting on the side of the road watching everybody else drive by you like. But I can mm-hmm. tell you that. So, I, I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm part of the keep it simple, stupid guy plan, and, um, you know, until I see somebody like that start to dominate, I think we're going to stick with, stick with what we got. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, you know, talking about that, I mean, obviously it's working for you. Coming off uh, Blue Water Desert Challenge win, I know, uh, shoot, you've had some pretty good luck here, Parker, with, uh, with, with that event. Uh, you know, and we're kind of rolling right into the Baja 1000. I think, well, we're a week, week out from qualifying for the thousand. Yeah, we um yes, exactly. Uh, a week from tomorrow we'll be qualifying at the SEMA show. Um all the Trophy Trucks will be on display up there out in the front, parking lot in front of the um the off road building. And on Tuesday, uh we will in the afternoon we'll uh, parade our all of our Trophy Trucks, probably about I would assume there's thirty to forty of them that will parade out to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And um Tuesday night uh we'll be qualifying for the Ball one thousand. It's kind of a unique event. Um We'll run on the Lucas Oil short course track there, run a little bit of a road course, go in and do turns three and four of a half-mile paved oval, go back out through some fences, out in the parking lot, and then back into the short course track for about a, about a three- to four-mile loop. And uh, that will be our qualifying. It will be at nighttime, so we'll have our KC lights on. And, um, you know, it, it's pretty cool. It's kind of, kind of a different situation you know, than what we're used to. We're used to qualifying out in the desert completely. But um, it's a great event. It's a great, you know, to be able to to showcase the trophy trucks in front of, you know, all the people at the SEMA show, and uh, letting some of the people that haven't ever seen a trophy truck, you know, up personal, um, let them see them and realize that the technology that is in these trophy trucks. It's a pretty incredible thing, and uh, you know, to this day, uh, when I get to go drive across the desert at 100 miles an hour through two and three foot whoops, um, I'm constantly reminding myself and pitching myself about know, how lucky I am and how impressed I am with these trucks today yeah it's uh
0: you know it, it's yeah. spin it out, man, all right this is off road live uh welcome to the desert tower studios, and of course uh we're in the big bad desert, and uh uh calling in from his uh remote phone uh is uh, John Stewart, our recreational specialist, John, how are you? hey, Mike, I'm doing great. Now, that was just a piece of an interview with Rob Mack, who was talking about the Geyser all-wheel drive truck uh, of RPM, the number four. And, of course, uh, uh, qualifying did happen. Uh, Rob was, uh, you know, a couple of rungs down from the number four who placed first. And if you're looking for all those race results uh, for qualifying for the Baja 1000 that occurred uh, in Vegas less than a week ago, uh, just go to BajaRacingNews.com. It's all there. Uh, John, uh, we spoke in a, uh interview earlier today, and you mentioned you wanted to talk about uh, SEMA, and we would love to talk about SEMA. It's all yours.
2: Well, I was uh, spent last week at SEMA, uh, at and I enjoy the trip to SEMA, and I've been going about, <clears throat> I think, about 15 years now, <clears throat> and what I'm... Always on the lookout for is some that wow factor of a product that is going to be uh, something really neat uh, everybody must have. I uh, really didn't see a lot of that there this year. so a lot of bling to dress up your uh, vehicle and a lot of effort, uh, a lot of uh, vendors providing uh, restoration. Uh, Products in order to, uh, you know, update your connectors, stereos, lights, uh, and, and make it make the old rigs look like new or look like they were or when they were new. You know, the uh, a lot of Ford, uh, the early 50s Ford and Chevy uh, aftermarket parts uh, just to replace them that lost trim and and uh, you know just keep it looking like it is like it was when it came off the showroom floor back in the. When it was brand new. But one thing, uh, I, you know, I did see uh, and did note is that the crowds were bigger than they have been. Uh, one SEMA representative I spoke with claimed that they had more vendors than they have had in past years, and they have uh, more. Uh, you know let's see what three you know claimed they had three thousand new parts or new uh new products on display uh you know i, I guess the disappointing thing for me was a lot of the products on display were uh scan terminals for uh, helping you you know uh, automate your your shop or the uh you know for the uh you know the shop owner Matt, to help them out uh packing uh Information uh, to ship products, uh, you know things like that. I, I, but when I talk to the, uh, you know the four-wheel drive uh, people there, uh, they're still essentially displaying basically the same old thing that they had last year. Uh, a couple of things I did see that were very interesting: uh, the uh, Jeep or Mopar Corporation or Fiat Corporation of America, whichever. Name you want to uh, use it with it now that the uh, Jeep product line has two very interesting vehicles on display. One of them was a pickup straight from the manufacturer, uh, sitting on 35s. Uh, you know, it just and it was uh, all you know, it was all decked out, all equipped. Uh, really, a sharp-looking vehicle that uh, you know it, it just made me want to buy one right there on the spot. But there. Not for sale yet. Uh, Jeep is still you know, anticipating bringing them onto the showroom floor sometime within the year. The one thing that is going to be on the showroom floor soon is the Red Rock Wrangler, and it's a special edition of the Jeep Wrangler uh, that uh, is named after the Red Rock uh, four-wheelers or the Red Rock Jeep Jamboree, or Easter Jeep Safari, rather. And it comes from the factory very well appointed with a uh four to one transfer case a gearing uh you get about a seventy three to one uh, crawl ratio out of it automatic transmission the uh, three point eight liter engine uh built in c b radio uh built in g p s system so it was uh you know nice looking nice looking vehicle uh real deep dark red uh so and it's another one that gave you a wow factory boy that's a nice one. And it's yeah. got a C B it's yeah. got a C B installed from the factory. C B installed from the factory. And, and a GPS the one? and a GPS. Well it's a, pretty much the uh the GPS is pretty much a standard appointment item on a lot of new vehicles, but it has it in there uh that uh, you know, the standard Garmin GPS built-in display uh, right in the panel, so it's no uh, GPS to slide around or knock off its mounting bracket. Now, one thing is if you want one, you will have to get an old line because there's supposedly there's only going to be 50 of these specialty vehicles made. Fifty? 50, it's to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the uh, Red Rock 4-Wheelers uh, Easter Jeep
1: Safari, which is coming up this next spring.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that line is uh, pretty much uh, probably bought and sold already. So it sounds like a very interesting vehicle. I, I certainly would like to uh, take a peek at it and see what's going on. And uh, uh, Now, with the, the setup that you just described on its driving performance, isn't that pretty easy to replicate uh, on
2: a new uh, uh, on a new platform? Well, it's uh, it's easy to replicate. Yes, uh, you uh, you can drop a uh, transfer case in it. Well, generally Atlas uh, makes a, a four to one transfer case. Actually, four point three, I think, to one. And there there's several different gear ratios on it that uh, replace the uh, new process uh, transfer case that comes stock from the factory. If you don't have the factory four to one, but most other factory vehicles, Nat, you will have to put a lift kit on. You will have to uh, change the transfer case to get the extra low gearing, plus regear the vehicle. So yeah, it's all available. All the parts are uh, available for aftermarket. Uh, Yukon Gear has got all the uh, accessories you need to regear it. Uh, uh, Atlas, uh like I said the Atlas transfer case is a good swap uh replacement for it. So uh. well, there there are uh several several people that do uh do have the gearing and oh and lockers. You know locking uh, differentials. Uh this Red Rock uh, Wrangler came with lockers from the factory, which is uh not something you normally find. Yeah. Is any of that equipment Mopar-related, or is it all Jeep? Well, it's it's Jeep Mopar. It's all under the brand name of uh, Mopar. And, you know, know, the corporate name. And I guess they use the Mopar name a lot on the parts they have. But one thing interesting about Jeep is uh, the the Wrangler was named uh, SEMA's Show Vehicle of the Year, and this is, I think, for the seventh year in a row. And the uh, Jeep Corporation or your Jeep dealer is now stocking a lot of the uh, aftermarket bling that you can uh, dress up any stock Wrangler that you pick up off the showroom floor.
0: Yeah, I think the Fiat people have done a good job at that. Um, And let me let you know, John, I I also spoke with the – uh, Mopar Aftermarkets uh, Specialty Market Manager uh, at SEMA, and he informed me. And, and apparently, we were the only ones to ask this question of him uh, at SEMA and on the lead up. But Mopar Ram Trucks uh, is now uh, stocking uh, uh, lift kits, uh, suspension upgrades, uh, new shocks, and uh, on the way to uh, a dealer near you uh, locking beadlock uh, hubs,
2: I mean wheels. Right, right. And a lot of those, uh, they've been kind of close-lipped about where their products come from. And uh, one thing I I do know, though, is anybody that's familiar with the company Omix Ada, know that Omix Ada has been providing OEM replacement parts for... uh, Jeep Corporation uh going on thirty, forty forty years, you know, they they've been in the market for a long time. Uh so and, and Omics eight is also known uh on their commercial side as uh, Rugged Ridge. So that's uh that's a company that uh you know, they have good parts, they have a very good reputation for, for providing quality parts and they Mark it out, and uh, if you know your year of Jeep and what engine it is, what drivetrain, what suspension, uh, they can set you up with everything you need. Yeah, and I I also
0: spoke with the Ram truck specialist out there. They had a Ram Rebel, of course, on display, and was talking about its availability at local dealerships. Uh, so contact your local dealer for both uh, uh, all your uh, Jeep needs and all your uh, Mopar needs. As well as ram trucks, anything else to wrap up, John?
2: Well, I uh, did note that uh, anytime you turn a motorhead loose, you are going to come up with some very creative and ingenious uh, model you know designs or modifications uh, beautiful artistic work on a lot of paint jobs were there uh, I can't remember who which uh, one of was now I think it was uh, Ames Oil Booth had uh, featured a uh, old Ford Econoline with four engines in it mounted and supposedly all work. There was another real specialty vehicle uh, on display outside that had uh, you know all tubes and you you look at that and you swear well this is a uh, outcast of a, of a Mad Max movie from years ago but no it was a uh, bent. Stainless steel tubing, uh, and somebody just went through, built the frame, uh, built the body, and so it was uh, all tube and wire construction. It was—it was actually quite impressive with the amount of work and labor that went into into it. So,
0: yeah, the amount of off-road uh, stuff out there was uh, truly amazing. Uh, of course, you have to include all those specialty vehicles and one-offs that you just mentioned. Uh, definitely worthwhile. Um, uh, John, thank you so much for your report today, and we look forward to having you back next week uh, for our uh, race week kickoff for the Baja 1000.
2: Well, that sounds like an interesting week. So. Absolutely.
0: Hi, and we'll have more details on the all-wheel drive uh, trophy truck so we can discuss those. Folks, up next, Roger Norman talks about the Baja 1000 race course. John, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.
2: You're welcome, Mike. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. See you then.
0: John Stewart, the recreation specialist, this is Monster Mike, your humble host. Up next, the Baja 1000 race course description by the person responsible for it, and we'll talk more after that. Tower Studios in the Big Bad Desert. You know it's all about desert off-road racing here at Off-Road Life, And we've got Roger Norman, the uh, propagator himself, to talk about the race course uh, officially. And uh, officially the race course, but of course we have the unofficial, behind the scenes, insider stuff after Roger gives the official stuff. So, Roger, it's all yours one thousand this year runs uh counterclockwise. It uh hits uh goes up to Ojos
3: and then uh then down to European uh through the traditional route uh through to Santo Tomas and on down the uh Pacific uh for approximately one hundred miles of racing on the beaches of the Pacific Ocean. And then it turns inland uh, around El Rosario. Uh the race course is going to
0: uh Yeah I have to interrupt you Roger. Did you say on the beaches? On the beach? Dude, make your stuff up yourself. Get some material. Get a rider. And then it turns inland
3: uh, around El Rosario. Uh, the race course is going to uh, have all 100% new course that nobody's ever raced on before. And then it takes the traditional route over towards Catavina and, um, Actually part of the race course goes uh kinda to the back side of Matomi Wash. Uh so it's it's um
0: it's it's uh gonna be Yeah, that's called the Grand Canyon of Baja by a lot of uh, you know, real Baja adventurers as opposed to those who just stay in their trucks. And they don't even camp. You know, the, they're waiting to get to the motel at uh Catavinia. It's very interesting because that section has never been raced on before either. Um,
3: and then uh, over by Cocos Corner, uh, there's a new section of race course that we've never seen before, and that section is uh, is going to bypass
0: Frog Canyon. But it... And the behind-the-scenes of Frog Canyon, after Roger's explanation, you've got to hear the inside story from Mexico City, and then about what's happening with SCORE racing in Mexico. It's amazing.
3: You add on a whole bunch of new
0: mileage that's all new and exciting.
3: And then uh, we run up uh, from Gonzaga up to Portecitos uh, Road. It's going to be um, uh, pavement, and and then from there it's the traditional route on right through San Felipe, uh, through Zoo Road, and and up the Big Whoops to three poles and and then uh, over to uh, San Matias uh, on pretty much the traditional route that we've done many times in the past. And then uh, the race course goes uh, up the Go Trail and, uh, and then on back uh, through the traditional route that we've run most of the time over the last five years.
0: Everybody will we'll talk about the uh, live Baja 1000 pre-race schedule, the live coverage, next Sunday, November the 15th at 6 p.m., online viewing special. The Baja Racing Club will be simulcast with the Imperial Valley 250. It's a viewing special on BajaRacingNews.com. And then one week from tonight, the race week kickoff... With our friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, and TeamValvoline.com, right here on Off-Road Live. Up next, Part 3. Baja 1000, King of Baja 2016, the pre-running special continues right here on Off-Road Live. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Every Monday, 4 West, 7 East. Part 3 is next. as part of the Fox Sports Network.